0: Until you want to go faster! Yeah. It's time for Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Ken is a nationally syndicated automotive journalist and photographer who has been in and around the industry for over 30 years. So tune in for your fill of automotive information and entertainment with your automotive ringmaster, Ken Chester.
1: Welcome to the second hour of Roadworthy Drive, America's premier automotive news and technology talk show. I'm your host, Ken Chester. For the hour, we're going to do a little something different. We're going to go a little bit rogue. No, I'm sorry. We're going to go a lot rogue. Rogue-worthy drive. Uh, no. <laughs> Did you really just go there? That was Sasha, everybody. just You, you mentioned rogue. She got all kinds of excited.
0: Excellent. What? What was the the movie that had Mel Gibson and Tina Turner in it that was back in the 80s.
1: Powered uh, Thunderdome. Thunderdome. Yes. The Mad yes. Max. The, the Mad, Mad Max. Max that's what we're not going to... that road. <laughs> Let me tell you. We're not. Now, if you want to add your voice to this craziness, yes. uh, you're more than welcome. The roadworthy driveline is 872-222-9793. Um, if you're an email kind of person, if you believe in the written word, thank heaven... Then you can email us, and that address is ken at roadworthydrive dot com. Now either way, we get it, and you could reach out to me or the crew uh, sitting in for second hour. The designated adult at the controls. Uh, the suits require us to say that Jack, and then uh, the yes, sa- yeah. I'm trying to come up with a proper name. We'll here. just
2: say that the sweet, sassy, sometimes brassy, and oftentimes sarcastic snarky okay snarky
1: miss sasha miss sasha
0: hi guys how are you
1: we, <laughs> w- w- welcome to my world
0: right. Ex- exactly
1: letting you folks go rogue for an hour i don't think that folks are ready for this
0: well unfortunately we don't care, <laughs> we
1: don't care. <laughs> okay we so, going so
0: unscripted
1: so here's here yeah, and unsupervised
0: apparently I no know, right? no you're still here Oh. Um, wow! Okay, guys, getting beat up. Um, my own show. I have a little pet peeve I want to talk about. Yes. Okay. Um, I have seen in our area for the last few months all kinds of different, what I'm going to call questionable license plate brackets, covers, and other things. Other things. Yeah, like what? Uh digital license plate. You've uh, actually seen one? I actually saw one. Uh
1: to my knowledge not legal in this I, state.
0: Well, I, Or was ag- they out of state? Ag- agreed. Um the other one w- was and this one's an old one. You can go back years on this one. But they put different kind of coatings on the plate so that they can't be read by cameras.
2: Oh yeah. See, and I looked that up where really? um, it's a spray. Yeah. That I don't know anything about, obviously. Um, that you can order um, through something called the interweb, and uh, you spray it on your license plate, and it actually, and only if it's a digital uh, camera, because if you're taking it um, with a standardized camera, it will still show up. Yep. What this spray does is that it confuses the uh, the Pixels pixel reader, the, mm-hmm. and yeah. so it comes out this blurred image. Again, I just. I'm the assuming question that's is, how that works.
0: Is that legal? It's not legal at all.
2: No, 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 wait, wait, wait. The only reason why it's not legal is because there's a standing law saying that you cannot tamper with federal property and technically your plates are
0: are they their their state, state property? State right. property. Of well, okay. any state
1: you're in and not federal. Well,
0: and again, and again, here's another pet peeve. Yes, I'm on a pet peeve so Okay, soap but soap. before
1: you go on that pet peeve, okay. Let me let I need to take this a little further. Okay. I believe, and I, and I don't know state law in our state, mm-hmm. but the whole thing is you have to. You have to. Law enforcement has to have the ability to read your plate. Law enforcement? Hold, but what? hold on now. The question is if law enforcement uses a digital camera mm-hmm. to read plates. Yes. And you use this spray where it confuses the camera and they can't read your plate. Yes. They're going to pull you over.
2: They uh, won't know until they take the picture and then you all they see is a car.
1: But not necessarily. You also have cameras in police cars, which I'm sure are digital. No, no, no. The well, perhaps. I'm
2: not sure if the car if the police officers themselves are capturing these pictures. Normally with a police car you have the dash cam
1: which is digital
2: which is digital but it's operating off of a different system. What this spray what this spray was basically used for is for traffic cameras.
1: Yeah, I would be curious to find out because the traffic camera and your cam are both they operate digitally. Then in they create hearing, files and if law enforcement who wants to take a picture from his dash cam of your plate to run it through DMV cannot read it then theoretically you're breaking law theoretically continue yep. jack you're right now
2: however if you get one of those like plastic coating things that go over your license plate to protect it mm-hmm. and then you did the spray over that cover
0: still illegal it's still they still can't illegal. read it well yeah they, nice try you you have to be able to read the plate now mhm for those of you that decide that, oh, I think I want to decorate the license plate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: People, <laughs> there is a place that you are instructed to place the correct sticker. Assuming this, this does not mean that you place it in any one of the other three corners, number one. Number two, you certainly don't put it in the middle. And number three, you don't basically put year on top of year, on top of year, and go all the way around the license plate.
1: Uh, now wait. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a Jack-worthy <laughs> moment. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> the opinions rendered by our executive producer, the adult in the room, do not necessarily reflect the, deci- the comments, opinions, and ability to rant of either Sasha or myself. Now, do you know? Do
0: you know how long he's waited to say that? <laughs> yes, he's oh, had man. that
2: right and right there. Now, my thing is, can I put my Lisa Frank stickers on my license plate? The what? what? Lisa Frank? How do you not know who Lisa Frank is? And you had how many daughters?
1: I have no clue what she's talking you, about. You, you cannot. Jack put... has no children, and he knows what I'm talking. about. Is that about. like uh, my favorite pony or something?
2: My Little Pony. Whatever. Oh my goodness gracious!
0: In any case, continue I'm going. Day. I'm going back to this. Yes, <laughs> come on. Um, you cannot put anything else on the license plate. Uh-huh. The only two things you are allowed to put on plates in this state mm-hmm. is to tag on the back license plate, not the front license plate, the back. Okay. Uh, but here- and also, you are allowed to put a little sticker in the right-hand corner if you happen to ha- want a Non-traditional handicap plate. They'll give you a sticker to put on the on the right side of your license plate. Sasha, I think he's kind of wonder about this. Subject. I think that
2: this. Did you recently follow someone that had like you know like stickers like all? Oh, over the Oh,
0: I there was one the other day that had all, every one of the years that that plate's been out all the way around the plate. I've seen. I saw one the other day where it was. One of the state universities on one side of the plate and the other state university on the other side of the plate. Jack would be
1: ruined in a state that only requires one plate.
0: <laughs> and, well, that's, and, and that's this not
1: sta- to, and this state's about to go there. And that's not to mention that in this state, all the specialty plates we have that are yeah. legal
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. by college, by in some cases profession, if you're like a firefighter mm-hmm. or a first responder or a teacher, like there's other states Four. that have... Teacher-specific plates, yep. veteran-specific yep. plates, antique plates.
2: I didn't know that we had a police officer one, a fallen, uh, yep. fallen police officer, yep. until mm-hmm. I saw it here in town. I'm like, mm-hmm. and now I'm waiting for mine to come in. And mm-hmm. But yeah. Oh, right now, okay. I
0: have I have one of those specialty plates on my truck. What do you mm-hmm. have? I have the, the God Bless America plate. Oh. Mm-hmm. See, Basically, it says God Bless America with the American flag.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm. See there?
0: And at front and rear. Front and rear. There you go. And I bet he's got the sticker
1: for that vehicle in the right spot on the rear plate. The you hi- you hippie, Skippy. That's what I'm he's saying. He's got it
2: in the front right there, dead set. You know,
1: we all have those automotive topics that just set us off. For me, it's people who want to use their phones while they drive, particularly I, yes. looking at and texting. Yes. Makes me nuts.
2: Yes. Because right now, the conversation everybody's having is how unsafe and how they don't trust self-driving cars, autonomous car technology. And here you are going 75 miles an hour with your babies in the back, cigarette in one hand, and you're tapping away
1: on your phone while you're on the road. Oh, I got one better for you. They're doing 40 miles an hour in the passing lane, and they're weaving a little bit.
2: Right Just a little bit,
1: and they're deep in thought with a four thousand pound vehicle mm-hmm. running on a highway, yeah, with traffic all around, and they're in, they're in the fast lane
0: doing forty, yeah, oh, and by the way, the interstate that runs through town here, yeah, my wife and I have called death trap, mm. mm-hmm. and some of the things I've seen on that one i e the car driver using a tablet oh Oh. wait a minute one better back in the day before computers i've seen people read newspapers
1: yep and drive yep (laughs) well folks we're going rogue today and just wait until what we do next roadworthy drive with ken chester
2: is heard exclusively on the awesome stations in the roadworthy drive radio network
0: Worthy drive. Like us
2: on Facebook.
0: If you want an anti lock braking system like Mercedes, a driver airbag like BMW a rear load-leveling suspension feature similar to Rolls, and a more advanced transmission than Jaguar. This is a simple way to get it all. Introducing the all-new Chrysler Imperial. There is no luxury without engineering. The guaranteed rebate has been extended until February 28th. Get $1,000 now.
1: If you're just joining us, this is the second segment of the second hour Of Roadworthy Drive, and we're glad you can be with us. I'm Ken Chester. Um, This hour is Rogue. Rogue Definitely Rogue. Uh, Maybe Roadworthy Drive Black? (gasps) Black label? Something? No? Yeah, no. I'm still going with the
2: Rogueworthy Drive.
1: uh, Rogue, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you looking for a vintage automotive, any kind of vintage automotive literature, um, you're going to want to check out my website that is vintageautomotivemedia.com If it's vintage automotive literature you're looking for, I probably got it. I've got over 7 almost 7,000 listings in both eBay and Amazon. The website's a great launching place to select your favorite venue and let me give you this hint. Although the inventory between Amazon and eBay and my stores are identical, you're going to save a little bit more in the postage if you go to eBay. And I'm I'm just saying, you know, cuz I want to give that little advice. All right. We be rogue this hour. Um, one thing I want to talk about that I stumbled across. Okay. Buick has introduced an all electric concept SUV called the Inspire. That's E N S P I R E.
0: Has it, somebody spell checked this? Uh huh.
1: <laughs> Inspire. In China. Okay. It's a gorgeous looking thing. When you get into the fine print, you go, wow, why can't they just launch that here? Um, it's going to feature Buick's eMotion electric propulsion technology, 410 kilowatts, which allows this concept to go from zero to 60 in four seconds.
0: Well, that's not as bad as the other one the other day. That was two seconds.
1: Still ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous fast. But is it ridiculous? Re- is it ludicrous No, 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 no. Why did you go?
2: <laughs> ludicrous speed! Go! <laughs>
1: Are you happy, I get, Sasha? I never get tired of that. <laughs> uh, more about this Buick. <laughs> 370 miles on a single charge. Wow. And that's getting up there. 370 it miles. to be. Yeah. Okay, now, that's better than a lot of cars. Yeah. And this is sort of a crossover. I was about to say, that beats but, belief. But there's more. It supports both fast and wireless charging. Remember we talked about wireless we charging? We did. Yes. Get this. The battery can be charged to 80% of capacity within 40 minutes. Oh. So the time it takes you to go get a
0: hamburger and come out, you ready to go? Yeah. That's but again, what are these charging stations?
1: Well, this is going to be China at least the debut and it's a concept. Um it'd be awesome if they built it.
0: It would be awesome. I think I think it would be absolutely great if they built but, it. And you're right, it is a very nice looking car. But let's look at all be- the let's look at all the piece parts. We know because
1: we've reported it here. Battery battery technology is getting better and better. Yeah. Uh, The mileage on the batteries between charges is growing. The ability to charge fast, the the time it takes to charge is falling. They're putting in more of what they call fast charges. We reported that across Europe. And the day is going to come to where I believe fast charging for most of the mileage that is capable in your vehicle is going to be down to around 10, 15 minutes at the most. And you're going to get a few hundred miles out of that. I really I really anticipate the day, because think about this. I keep going back to when the car first started, but did you think that filling up a car was that quick in the early days? No. You didn't have a pump. You didn't have all that. You got a bucket, and you went out, and you filled it. And you probably had to go back a few times.
0: Well, but wasn't there at one point one of the <laughs> one of the older pumps that basically, you basically pumped it, you turned something to get put the glass yeah wasn't there yeah but and yeah. then it, and then it just fell by gravity but that, but that still took time
1: that's what I'm saying and but, that was even that was even we're talking even before that
0: wow okay
1: but that's the point on that one um, something I need to bring up that we haven't talked about in a while. Okay. And, and I just want to talk about this sort of in passing. Um, we were all excited and wound and talked about when Mazda and Toyota got together and was going to build a factory. Correct. Yes. We talked about that they settled in Huntsville, Alabama. Yep. yep. I believe that's correct. Was it Huntsville? I mean, there, there was some place close to Huntsville? Yes, it was Huntsville. But we never talked about when they actually created the joint venture company, which they've now done.
0: I thought they already had it created. No.
1: It opened up for business. It's called Mazda Toyota Manufacturing. It's Toyota's 11th manufacturing facility in the United States. The new plant will have the capacity to produce 150,000 of Mazda's crossover model, and they're going to build another 150,000 Toyota Corollas. Wow. The place is going to employ 4,000 people.
0: Which we talked about before.
1: Mm -hmm. We talked about the $1.6 billion we talked about the plant will be online 2021. Now, remember the timeline for this, because we were making a similar comparison to what Tesla thought they were going to do. Right. And these that's people right. have been building millions of cars and building assembly yep. plants for years. Yep. They know what they're doing, and they're talking three years.
0: And if they're talking three years. I mean, that's an awful lot of concrete to pour for a factory floor. Yes. Yeah, but bear in
1: mind, this is this is a company that built a plant. In a community or in an area where there was a lot of talent already from other plants there, plus being in the heart of their supplier base, plus being in the heart of where there was a lot of talent available that they could hire. And it was still going to take them three years.
2: Now, just so we understand, this was not taking an already established building and then – No, this is a greenfield site. Okay. Okay.
1: This is brand new from scratch. Right,
2: yep. from scratch, and they're have, hoping to have it running in three years.
1: Uh, correction. This is Mazda and Toyota. It will be running in no, three well, years. Yeah. They don't hope, they plan. Yeah. And that's the point. And
0: Tesla it's, hopes. And Ken, <laughs> Toyota as, plans. As Ken mentioned last week, mm-hmm. it takes a year to come up with the dies.
1: Yeah. And once you go into dies, once you're producing over 100,000 units where you're stamping, yep. you need a hard die. Hard yep. die takes a year to make. Yep. And that's that's the bottom line on this. Quickly, EV fast chargers may be coming to a target near you. And guess and guess who? Electrify America? That's an arm of wait for it, Volkswagen. Three hundred million dollars. That's the first tranche of the two billion dollars they're spending to build infrastructure in the United States. They're a direct competitor to the other company called Charge Now. And for all you Midwesterners. One of the people they signed a deal with was Casey's General Stores, a major Midwestern, upper Midwest, a convenience store to put chargers, fast chargers.
0: Before we run out of time, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming this one will be a credit card because this is going to be universal to everybody. They didn't get into any any of that. that.
1: But we're going to talk about this some more after the break because I'm not done. So on that note, we'll be back with more after this.
2: You riding shotgun with Ken and the Roadworthy Drive crew.
0: to roadworthydrive.com to check out Ken's blog, listen to past shows, and the times when you can see the show on Facebook Live.
1: Welcome to the Downhill Side of The second hour of Roadworthy Drive. I'm Ken Chester. So glad you could be with us. For those of you who need or want or just got to have more than your fair share of the road, visit the show website. That's roadworthydrive.com. Find video clips of our behind-the-scenes antics in studio. Trust me, they're real entertaining while recording the show. Audio clips of past shows and more. The website is also a great place to discover our presence on social media. Sasha is our official Social media diva who keeps things light and lively during the week and between shows with her novel and interesting automotive tech and trends postings. See how Sasha keeps the social in our social media. What, what? Yeah, I'm just saying. Yes. Um, before we broke, we were talking about <laughs> Volkswagen's attempt, uh, not attempt, I'm sorry, their investment in what they call Electrify America. But I want to back up a little bit. Okay. Dieselgate was probably the best thing that ever happened to Volkswagen, and dieselgate was probably the best thing that ever happened to uh, the electric vehicle industry. I would agree. I would agree. $2 billion. Yep. Of which $800 million will be spent in California. Yep. This What we're talking about here is the first tranche, $300 million. They're going to do it in four, four waves. This is the first wave. Electrify America is actually a subsidiary of Volkswagen, and they are committed to putting high, what they call, fast charges, across the country. But before we get into where, I want to make a couple of points because these guys ain't playing. They will accommodate 50-kilowatt fast charging, which is the current standard for non-Tesla vehicles, but hold on to your socks, but some of its chargers... Will be avail will be able and capable of 350 kilowatts. That is like almost double. It can add nearly now get this. It can add nearly 20 miles per
0: range per minute plugged in.
2: So for every minute that you have it plugged in, you get twenty miles.
0: Okay, so if I have it plugged in for five minutes, it's gonna be an extra hundred miles. Yep, right. Yep. Ten minutes, two hundred miles. Yep.
1: These high-speed units will likely stay near highways, while urbanites will rely on the the smaller charges of fifty to one hundred and fifty. Right,
0: which one hundred and fifty kilowatts is still considered a fast charger. At what point in time does somebody in the current convenience store gasoline marketer segment decide, okay? We're going to build, instead of having gas pumps, we're going to have these electric chargers.
2: Well, remember, Tesla was going to do.
0: Tesla char- is doing.
2: Well, they they partnered with a restaurant mm-hmm. to do it. You know, kind of like a like a Sonic is what they were tr- trying to think, where it was like a drive-in and you'd be plugged into your vehicle while you ordered burgers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they were also thinking about doing just like what you said; it was just going to be a like a gas station type model, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. But it was just going to be for electric vehicles. Um, he even went out because this is when they were talking about doing the uh, the. Uh, uh, the plug that would be a universal plug-in mm-hmm. for other automakers. Right. Um, so that way, they it wouldn't be just a Tesla stop. It would be a universal charging point.
1: And that is the one thing that Electrify America is making the point. They're not coming up with any kind of new connection. Yep. But they're going to support all the connections that are out there. Now, to back up a minute... At least in our market, Tesla has partnered with a grocery store yep. to put a whole row of their superchargers out and there not not far from the interstate.
2: And don't they also have some, like, actually in the rest areas off of 80?
1: That I have not seen.
0: I have not seen
1: it either. See, I, I thought I, that, that was in a no, story. No, but they, they but, would have but to again, team up with the state to do that.
0: We, yeah, have, we, we have in this state a very large convenience store chain. Right. We have several. We have several. I'm talking about the one based out of Tulsa. Yeah, but um, we we also, yeah. they are right now literally rebuilding every single store mm-hmm. that one they by have one. in this town one mm-hmm. by one. Mm-hmm. You would think at some point these guys would have to say, "Okay, we're going to have to make our footprint a little bit bigger," and maybe on one end you still got the gas pumps and everything else. Yep. On the other side of the building would be the perfect place to set up for being able to electric charge an electric car. What?
1: technology requires until you get the numbers is the visionary this is where government comes in this is where nonprofits come in this is where leading investors come in because at the end of the day that
0: equipment costs some serious money to install mhm oh I, so, I i i understand that so, but at, but at what point is the government going to have to step in they are and say okay, this is the plug that you're all going to use and everything's going to be universal. But that's not the problem, Jack. The problem is a little simpler than that. Okay.
1: Okay, since we're name-dropping, we name-drop Casey's, we'll call it Quick Trip with a Q. Yep. Now, if you're Quick Trip and you're looking at maybe an extra $100,000, 200000 per store to gear up, first of all, how many of these are you going to install? Second of all, How long do you have to carry the cost of the infrastructure before it even starts making you any money? And then how long beyond that does it take to break even? That is a heck of an investment you're looking at. And Um, the only way you're going to do that is either, A, in a partnership where Electrify America says, we want to rent space from you, but we're going to fund it and we're going to put it in.
2: And that's what's happening. I mean, this article goes into the fact that they're talking with – uh, they're talking with Walmart. They're ca- talking with Casey's. You know, they're talking with these major, major places, and offering that kind of thing. We will rent to you. You know, the last couple rows or this per this section, and we will put in our charging our charging equipment, and then we will pay you. But all the costs, all the you know, that's mm-hmm. on us.
1: And let's take a step backwards. A major grocery chain that's based here mm-hmm. uh, was actually a a. a a leader in putting them in probably too early. Yeah. But they, and they didn't put them in every store. No. You know, you've got, uh, you've got some of the newer stores in the last 10 years where they put them in. Uh, They haven't retrofit all their stores because they're in seven different states. Mm -hmm. And again, investment. Remember, I keep talking about the mosaic of mobility. Yes. There's going to be a lot of different approaches to this problem. Some will be like Electrify America and Charge Now. Some of these will be larger chains, which said, you know what? We believe in the concept beyond the investment, and we're willing to carry the investment for the 5, 10, 15 years before it makes any money because we want to learn what works. Right. You know, and the only way we're going to do that is control the process.
0: Are we in a catch-22 right now between their – as an average, Joe, they're going to look at you and go, there is no infrastructure. Why would I buy a new electric vehicle? But if I want the infrastructure, I've got to buy that because new electric Because you can still vehicle. plug them in at home.
1: Yeah. I mean, that has not changed. And, it, and I've had plug-ins. I've plugged them into my garage at home. They don't take that much charge. I've plugged them into the office. So, I mean, that's still always a choice. You know, the issue is, is how far is your commute and range anxiety is the issue. So more of being rogue road- road- worthy <laughs> when we return.
2: This is Roadworthy Drive. <laughs>
0: RoadworthyDrive.com is the place to keep up with the latest happenings with Ken and the show.
1: You've tuned to the last part of the second hour of Roadworthy Drive. I'm Ken Chester. We're going a little bit rogue uh, this hour, and just kind of talking a little bit off script, and uh, basically turning the crew loose. It's something we don't do that often.
0: There is no script, no this kidding. This wasn't planned.
2: <gasps> you and, know that, where that line's from, right? No. And
1: no idea.
0: We're, we've almost survived it.
1: Yeah, if we can make it through this last segment, we'll be okay.
0: Fine. Sir, what are we talking about? Um, Cadillac. Okay. Um, uh,
1: Cadillac. In recent years it has tried to really be out there, but I mean at, at the luxury point, I mean there's a lot of awesome competition. Cadillac has done well at regenerating and renewing their product line mm-hmm. but it appears that it might not be enough. They just lost their their the head of Cadillac. they just replaced the guy okay um, two things: Cadillac is sedan heavy. Yeah. Yeah. They're, we're in a world where sedan's not so much. Looks like between 2019 and 2020, Cadillac is planning to drop the ATS, CTS, and XTS sedans.
0: Oh, wow. So that's just going to leave them the DTS, correct?
1: Uh, they haven't made the DTS in seven years, Jack.
0: Oh, my goodness. Am I behind? Oh.
1: Kind of. What it will leave them is the CT6. But what they're planning to do Okay is they're looking at replacing those three vehicles. And remember, the XTS was actually the DTS replacement. I believe it came out 2013, 2014. The DTS
0: went away in 2011. Okay, you said the S- XTS, correct? Yeah. Okay, that's that's different than from the... Uh, Very. the um, Yes. What am thinking? I know what you're thinking. The, X, the uh, right. XT5 or XS5? Yeah, X-
1: the XT5 is their new smaller crossover... crossover. They're planning to build one smaller than that, the X-T4. Mm -hmm. But on the sedan note, they're not totally out of the sedan business. What they're looking for is to take those three cars and replace them with one. Okay. And they're technically calling it, I don't know if this name will actually survive production, but the CT5. And they were showing a while back kind of the vehicle in camouflage, what it might look like. Mm -hmm. So try to give them an idea. Um. It takes inspiration from the next vehicle we're going to talk about, which is going to be their new uh, flagship vehicle above the CT6. Right now, the CT6 sedan is their big um, flagship sedan. Okay. They're going to build one above that. Really? They are. But hold that thought. This particular, and I call it CT5 kind of loosely, they expect it to be roughly the size of the CTS. Now, the CTS had been made... Since around 2001, I was at a Cadillac event when they launched the car. I remember that thing. And it's evolved, and it actually has grown in size a bit over the years. So it's been in production for almost 20 years, but it's going bye-bye. The XTS has not been in production nearly that long. hasn't even been in production 10 years. And it's going
0: bye-bye. What is their biggest sedan now? The CT6. The CT6, okay. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's only been out a couple of years. And They're gonna keep it for now,
0: and it's still smaller than the old Fleetwood Brougham. Everything's
1: smaller than the old Fleetwood Brougham, including a lot of houses and apartments. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness, Jack! My dad owned several of those. things. Oh, my father owned three of them. You know, it's three like,
2: generations were raised and you know built onto.
1: Girl, life. you could live in that thing. Uh, that's what I was saying. Literally,
2: in a you know down by the river,
1: it had room. <laughs> uh, that's being polite.
0: <laughs> also, uh, as, also known as a tank.
1: Uh, Sasha said you could hide plenty of bodies in trunk. What? But I, you know, I just got that on him.
0: A... Moving on,
1: <laughs> indeed. Um, industry watchers think that it's going to be just maybe a smaller than a CTS because they're looking to peg the uh, uh, BMW 3 Series, Audi A4, Mercedes C Class. Kind of, they want a vehicle that will can kind of compete in that group which is a pretty serious group of cars, and it's also each one of those automakers' high-volume vehicles.
0: Okay, here's a question. Mm-hmm. Is Cadillac still too stodgy for the millennials?
1: That is a good question. I think so. The, question, the bigger question is uh, define a millennial.
0: Um, yeah. 20s, 30s.
1: Cadillac has made a lot of awesome strides at getting their product line together. But when you've got Audi with an A3 and an A4, Mm -hmm. which are awesome. When they brought out the A3, which is their smallest one, I loved it. When they brought out their A4, the new A4, I've always loved the A4. I've driven the A4 in sedan, coupe, and convertible. And it's been an amazing car for them. Um, You look at uh, Mercedes and their C-Class. And the C-Class is their, is their volume vehicle. And then you go BMW 3 Series, same thing. And neither one of these automakers, none of the three of them, are taking prisoners. And they make an extremely good vehicle at those price points. Mm-hmm. Cadillac wants a piece of that. And I think it's commendable that they're going to try. Um, the one thing, now they showed a concept called the Escala, which is going to be their new range topper. They're looking at launching that in 2021. Um, They introduced it at Pebble Beach. Um, It was gorgeous, sleek, and powered by a 4.2-liter turbocharged V8. May I tell you that your Audi A8 is typically powered by an engine of same displacement and power? Okay. And I'll tell you, I'll take an A8. Oh, my goodness, what an awesome
0: car. Where is this Where is this vehicle going to be? Is it a sedan? Is yes. It a, okay, it is a sedan. Yes. And that's going to be bigger than the one that they have now.
1: Yes. Now, whether they'll call it the Escala or whether they'll go to their CT naming convention, don't know yet.
2: It looks a little weird. Like, I mean, I understand that it's a concept car, but literally the headlight just looks like two little slants mm-hmm. on the front. I mean, it just, I don't know.
1: LCDs, they're bright. They'll happen.
2: Isn't it LED?
1: Yeah, LED, LED, LCD, XYZ, LCD one, two, three, whatever.
2: CT at five. Yeah, I yeah. get it.
1: Too many letters.
2: Way too many letters.
1: Yeah, alphabet though. <laughs> Got it. Okay. <coughs> um, they expect this new car will start right at a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> oh my god.
2: So yes, Sasha's answer-
1: ordering too.
0: I am not. Names no.
1: on the waiting list already.
0: Wow. No. No, no, I won't even buy a hundred thousand dollar Ford F three hundred and fifty. You Trader. would, too. yeah, you would. You no, would. no, 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 no.
1: Speaking of investments, which um, is not a car. No, it's not. But I thought this was interesting since we're going rogue. Um, would you be in? Would you invest in an exchange traded fund that tracked the electric and autonomous vehicle industry? Yes, they offer one. Imagine that. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Oh, well, folks, we've come to the end of another hour, and we thank you so much for listening.
2: You've been listening to Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of the Motor News Media Corporation.